Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Let's praise the Lord together. Go ahead and say, praise the Lord. Isn't God good? He did an awesome job. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your great love for us, exemplified in our wonderful Savior, Jesus. And today, Lord, we've come to worship him in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we want to do our best. This is a test for heaven, an education for heaven. And so help us today to lay everything aside and just concentrate all of our energy, all of our, uh, all of our praise upon you. Do something rich and real in this service. Stir our hearts. Bring us to a place of, of conviction. Bring us to a place of decision. And may those decisions have residual effect that might be long-lasting past this service today. Bless your people. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. 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 Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you all. Trust you're having a wonderful morning. If you're visiting with us, I mean this with all my heart, we are honored that you're here, that you chose to come and worship with us. Uh, we get it. You can choose to worship anywhere you want, right? This is America. But you made a good choice. You made a good choice by coming here uh, this morning. And uh, we really do want you to enjoy uh, your visit with us. And uh, we want you to feel part of the family here, Open Bible Baptist Church family. If anybody gives you a hard time, you let me know because I know a guy, and uh, lives over in Philadelphia, and we'll take care of him. So, uh, but we really do want you to enjoy yourself this morning, and worship God, and, and, just, and just enjoy the fact that you get to, right? Isn't it wonderful? We don't have to. We get to. We get to do this on a Sunday. We get to come to church. We get to worship God. And you know, I think we ought to, we ought to just do as, as best we can while we still have the opportunity, because you never know what tomorrow may bring, right? Well, amen. Trust you brought your Bibles to church with you, and so open, if you would, to the book of Isaiah uh, this morning, the book of Isaiah, and I want you to join me in chapter number five, Isaiah chapter number five, and uh, an interesting read. Now, many of us know Isaiah six, right? You remember in Isaiah six where the Lord is kind of having a, a meeting in heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and Isaiah catches a glimpse of this, you know, the Lord is high and lifted up, and there's seraphim, angels all about, the cherubim, and they're, you know, they're, they're saying, they're declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God, and Isaiah is overwhelmed by what he sees, right? And he says, he says, woe is me, I'm, man, I'm undone. I see, you know, in the presence of God, you know what you see? You don't see everybody else's faults, you see your own. Let me, let me say that one more time. In the presence of God, you don't see everybody else's faults, you see your own. And Isaiah the prophet saw his own, and he said, man, I'm undone, I'm a mess. 
And then he hears this, he hears the Lord speaking, he hears this voice. Uh, so who shall we send? Who will go for us? Right? There's, there's you know, the Godhead, and they're looking out at, uh, you know, the world and society, and who will go for us? And Isaiah is overwhelmed in chapter number six. And you know what he says? I'll go. Hey, here, here am I. I'll go. And you know what the Lord said to him? Dude, we need somebody with a little better education. Or you, you've been hanging around with the wrong crowd for too long. No, you know what the Lord said to him? The Lord said, all right, go ahead. Go. Go and tell these people. And Isaiah went. That's chapter 6. But you know what I found out in reading the Bible? There's a chapter 5 before there's a chapter 6. And when you look in chapter number 5, it's interesting because as you begin to read down from verse number 8, Isaiah begins to, to declare the judgment of God upon his society. And you can see that in these words. Look at verse number 8. Isaiah said, woe unto them. You see that? Woe unto them. Uh, look at verse 11. Woe unto them. Look at verse number 18. Woe unto them. See that word woe? That word woe means judgment, distress, suffering, turmoil. So I'm going to preach to us this morning on this subject, when God says, whoa, when God says, whoa, look at verse 20 of our text. He said this, he said, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see that? Now, these are the words of Isaiah chapter 5, and what he's doing here is he's declaring judgment upon, uh, upon his people. He's speaking to the nation of Israel here, specifically to the tribe of Judah, who were God's people. And he's saying unto them, because of your sin, because, now get this, because you lost your way, I'm going, to, I'm going to cast judgment upon you. That's the word of the Lord. In fact, verse number 20, we can pretty much uh, comment or summarize verse number 20 as a society, a people who has lost their way. Think about that. Look at it again. He says, woe unto them, judgment upon them who call evil good and good evil. Sound familiar? Huh? Almost kind of like sound, maybe like the evening news? Huh? Those who call good evil and evil good. In fact, what he's saying is this. He says judgment upon those, and by the way, he's speaking to his people. Judgment upon those who have lost their way. You know, we often speak about our culture, right? Our culture. And, and what we're speaking about, what we're speaking about, and what we're talking about is the environment in which we live, the society in which we live, right? And, and you know this, uh, it's really not for us Christians, and I'm not even talking about uh, the best of us, but those of us that are kind of like middle of the road, come on, I'm trying to help us here, those of us that are middle of the road, it's not an easy place to live any longer. You know what I found out? There's nothing in our society that helps me to be a better Christian. There's, there's nothing in my world in which I live, no matter where I go, that helps me to be a better Christian. 
And so if we're not careful, the society in which we live, if we're not careful, the environment in which we live, if we're not careful, the culture that surrounds us can be a real distraction. Huh? And can serve, now pay attention right here, can serve as an obstacle in, in, uh, in, for those of us who are serious, it can serve as an obstacle in advancing the kingdom of God. Do you remember this? Do you remember when Jesus got his disciples together there in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 5, 6, and 7? Unbelievable passage of Scripture. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And, and in that passage of Scripture, uh, he talks to his disciples because it's, 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 it's training. They were in school. You know, it was kind of like Bible Institute. And what he's teaching them there is kind of like, you know, the foundational truths of the Christian life. And part of it was prayer. Do you remember he, he said, when you pray, pray like... Now, he didn't say pray that prayer. Uh, Jesus wasn't advocating the prayer called the Our Father. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I used to be a Catholic. In fact, I was an altar boy. Anybody? Part of that? Look at, look at all you good guys out there. God bless you, man. Mm. No, no, here's what he was saying. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Pray to the Father. Right? Pray, Lord, may your name be hallowed on this earth. And now pay attention. He said, pray this. Pray, Lord, help me to advance your kingdom. Did you know Jesus told you and I, to daily advance his kingdom. We ought to be kingdom people. And yet the environment, the society, the culture in which we live surrounds us, and every once in a while, in fact, more times than not, becomes an obstacle for advancing the kingdom of God. Huh? So Isaiah says to the children of Israel, he's speaking to his world, and he says, Woe upon you who have lost your way, because you're calling evil good and good evil. You're calling light darkness and darkness light. In fact, we might say it this way, you've lost your mind, man. Huh? I mean to tell you, you've lost it. I hear a lot of this, and I, I'm sure maybe you have, and I hope... Our teenagers listen to this uh, portion of the message. I want you to listen to all of it, but don't miss this part. Uh, we often speak about a worldview. Did you ever hear that terminology? So what's your worldview? Did you ever hear that? How many have heard that? Young people have heard that. You need to develop a good, a proper uh, worldview. You know what a worldview is? Let me define worldview for you. Go ahead, fellas. Slip, slip that up if you would. Uh, here, here it is. It's the definition of a worldview. It's the framework by which you and I, you, you view um, the world in which you live. You view reality and, and life and the world in which you live. It's how you, it's how you look at things, right? A worldview. So what's your worldview? How do you look out at life and the world? How do you, how do you really despick reality? Well, can I tell you what we need? What we need is a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview. Listen carefully. Someone who has a biblical worldview believes his primary reason for existence is to serve and glorify God. Amen. Oh, man. Who said amen over there? One person? Thank you, Lillian. God bless you, sister. You and I are on the same page here this morning. 
Amen. I got a cookie in my office somebody made for me. I'll share it with you. <laughs> share it with you. Yeah. Now think about that. Somebody who has, look here, everybody's got a worldview. Everybody's got an opinion. We all look at the world through some lens, right? Huh? Uh, those of us who are Christians ought to have a biblical worldview, which means that we view life, we view uh, our world with this primar primary focus. Everything that we're about is to glorify God and serve Him. Right? Pay attention, and I'll show you how that works here as we go through this message this morning. Here's what a biblical worldview looks like. Uh, for example, we believe in God and that he's the creator of the universe. Now, after I read these lines, if you agree, say amen. Let me read it one more time. We believe in God and that he's the creator of the universe. There's no doubt in that, right? Huh? Biblical worldview. Uh, number two, we'd say this. We believe that man is ultimately accountable to God. Oh, I'm glad you said amen right there. But do you believe that you're ultimately accountable to God? Because if you do, that'll change the way you live. It'll, it'll change the, the decisions you make. It'll change where you spend your money. It, it, it'll change... Nah, I, want to go, I don't want to go down that road. That'll get you too much conviction. Huh? Here, here's the third one. Uh, think about this. We believe in moral absolutes established from the Word of God. We believe there's a yes and there's a no. We believe there's a thou shalt and there's a thou shalt not. That's a moral attribute. Do you know who the most intolerant people are in America? The people who preach tolerance. Because as soon as you, you know what it means to be tolerant today? You've got to accept everything. So as soon as I say, as soon as I say, Chuck, I really, I don't agree with you on that, I'm no longer a tolerant person. But it's okay for you to agree, disagree with me. Huh? Look here, there are moral attributes in the Word of God that are valid for 2022 that you and I, as God's kids, as the church, need to make sure we agree to and adhere to. A, third th a fourth thing would be this. Go ahead and flip it, fellas. We believe a Christian has the responsibility to share the gospel. Right? Uh, that, that's a biblical worldview. And then finally, I, I'd say this. Uh, we believe that all men need to be saved. Now, that's just the core. That's just the core. Right? That's just the beginning uh, point, and we can uh, amend that. We could talk about that uh, a little bit if you wanted to. Right? And adjust that and, and really just build on that. But, but, but here's, here's, the, here's the thought for this morning. How do you and I, how do we as born-again believers, God's kids, live in a lost world? How are we to do it? You know what some would say? Can you hear me way in the back? Tim, can you hear me? Here's what they'd say. When in Rome... So how do you live in a lost world? When in Rome... Have you ever been to Rome? N nor I, but I like to go. Huh? I mean, when in Rome, do as the Rome. How do you live in a lost world? Well, I mean, you might as well just march to the beat of that drum. You know? Go along to get along. 
Really? If you have a biblical worldview, that would not be your philosophy. So how do you say? So I want you to say, this, Pastor, how do I live as a Christian in a lost world? I'm glad you asked. Let me share some practical tips with us this morning. With us this morning, because I'm in the same boat as you. I live in the same world that you do. Can I share just a couple practical tips? Here's the first one. You ready? How, how to live in a lost world. Be true to what you believe. Number one, be true to what you believe. Look at that Bible verse. Study to show thyself approved unto preacher, unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be true to what you believe. Look here. One way, one sure way to navigate in the lost world is to stay true to what you believe as long as what you believe is the right thing to believe. Because if you believe right, then you'll go right and you'll do right and you'll end up at the right place. Amen? That's just the way it is. Now, here's the question What do you believe? What do you believe? Stay true to what you believe. But what is it that you believe? This may not surprise you, but a survey was taken and, and, uh, amongst Christian folk. And, and the, the end result was, it's amazing how many Christian folk, people who name the name of Christ, do not really know what they believe. And they know very little of the Word of God. Very little of the Word of God. In fact, when you ask them what they believe about certain subjects of the Bible, they're clueless. The best they can do is parrot what somebody else told them. Huh? Right? All they can do is, hey, uh, talk to me a little bit about what's the Bible. Uh, we believe King James Bible. Uh, there are 66 books written by God. Perfect. All you're doing really is repeating what you heard somebody else say, which, of course, that's a sense of learning, right? That's how we learn. But there's got to come a time when you in your own life understand and comprehend what you believe and why you believe it. If you only believe what you believe because somebody told you to believe it, there's going to come a day when you're going to believe what somebody else told you to believe. I can't say that again. Surprise, it came out that well the first time. <laughs> Did you get that? So what is it that we believe? That's important. Uh, let me ask us. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but let me ask us this. You ready? Think about this. Now, I'm going to go slow. What do you believe about the Bible? Just think about that for a second. I'm not going to preach about it. What do you believe about the Bible? You know what some people believe? Some people believe the Bible contains the Word of God. Let me just say this before anybody says amen. Be careful when you say amen. Does the Bible contain the Word of God, or is the Bible the Word of God? See, some books we read may contain the Word of God. I read a lot of books. I'm a reader. I love to read devotion books and other books, and sometimes you'll see bits and pieces of verses and whatnot. And so, Tyler, in, in, in other books, they may contain the Word of God, but the Bible is the Word of God. So what do we believe about the Bible? That's where it begins, because if you're off here... <laughs> you're off everywhere. Huh? 
Don't you think a child of God with a biblical worldview ought to know what they believe at least about the Bible? Huh? Let me ask you this. Uh, what do you believe about the Lord Jesus Christ? What do you believe about Jesus? You know what the Mormons would say? They would say that he's the half-brother of Lucifer. You know what the, the Jehovah Witnesses would say? They would say that he was a prophet like Muhammad. But what, what, what say ye? Do you remember when Jesus in Matthew's Gospel was speaking uh, to his disciples? Here's what he said. Uh, so, uh, can I put it, can I paraphrase it? He, he said this to them. So what's the word on the street? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What's the word on the street? Huh? They came back and they said, man, some are saying you're like John the Baptist and like Elijah, uh, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? See, that's what really matters. It matters not what the Mormons say or the Buddhists say or the Muslims say or the politicians say or the man around the corner says. What really matters is what do you say? Who is Jesus? You, you got to understand that, right? So what do we believe? Let me ask you this. What do we believe about the gospel? What do we believe about the gospel? And I can go on, I can go on. What do we believe about the church? What do we believe about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? See, we need to know what we believe on these main subjects, church. Are you, are you with me today? Huh? So how do we stay true in a world that's lost its way. How do we live in a world that's lost its way? You stay true to what you believe. I was counseling with a, a young man this past week. Young man, he was 40. Tells you how old I am when a young man is 40, right? And he is, he's about to make some major decisions. Donald, he's about to make a major decision, a life-changing decision. You know? And he was really, and here's what I said to him, real simple. Stay true to your training. Stay true to what you believe. Because if what you believe is Bible, and if you've been trained to live it, it'll never fail you. And it'll always guide you, not just to make the right decision, but make the right decision in the right way. Huh? Can I take a little liberty? I'll get you out on time. Can I take a little liberty? There's a vast difference, Brother Steve, between one's position and one's disposition. You know? And I think this, I think it's wonderful that you have the right position. And by God's grace, if you've got the right position, stand, man. And stand firm. But Donald, it's equally important. Do you mind if I pick on you? It's equally important to have the right disposition. Because sometimes the people with the right position have the worst disposition. And here's what they say. Because I believe this, you've got to believe what I believe. Really? Look here, I'm glad you believe it, but don't you force your beliefs on me. You know what I think, Brother Bob? I think it's important to have the right position and disposition at the same time. Can you handle that? A little nudge? Hit him harder next time, shall we? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? We think about that. Can I tell you where we've messed up as a church? Where we've messed up as a church is not believing the right thing, how we handle believing the right thing. Because sometimes we think because we believe the right thing, everybody else is going to hell. 
A church down the street that's preaching the gospel just because they don't have the same name as we have title doesn't mean that we have a right to pick on them. Look here, you, you go to church here, that's why you don't go there, but allow them to be who they are. Come on, man. Huh? Yeah. All of that in a bag of chips will make you happy. How do you live in a lost world? I'll tell you how you do it. Stay true to what you believe. Don't worry about what they believe. But make sure you believe what the Bible says you ought to believe. Right? Can I, can I give, you, give you a second thought? Practical suggestion. Stay true to who you are. Look at this Bible verse. This is one, Brother, Brother Riddell, this is one of my all-time favorite Bible verses. And I'll tell you why. Look at it. But by the grace of God, look at this, I am what I am. I love that statement. You know why? Because I can't be anybody but who I am. Hello? Isn't that right? I mean, everybody's trying to be somebody else, but, but nobody can be the best you better than you. So Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. So you see grace mentioned two times there? Grace is a fascinating word. Fascinating. And it's a fascinating truth, fascinating doctrine. The first time, here's what Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. That's salvation. Huh? Grace. For by faith are you saved through, for by grace are you saved through, and not, so by grace, grace is God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and so Paul says, it's by grace, the grace of God, I am what I am, right? And then he says this, look at the next, and his grace which was bestowed upon me. Grace is not only saving, grace is sustaining and you know what it is? Look here, pay, pay attention. It's God's enablement. God not only saves us, but he enables us to be what he wants us to be. And so when Paul is saying what he's saying there in that Bible verse, maybe what he's saying is this, with God's help, pay attention right here, with God's help, I can be who I'm supposed to be. Hello? Oh, that's rich. With God's help, I can be what I'm supposed to be. Praise the Lord, Paul. Thank you for that. Huh? So how do we live in a world that's lost? Mm, stay true to what you believe. Mm, stay true to who you are. Stay true to who you are. We're living in changing times, isn't that right? And it's difficult to, it's kind of difficult to keep it all together. You know? It's best you try. I mean to tell you, look here, if you're a techie, you know this, uh, every other day, iOS is upgrading. iOS is the operating system for one of my all-time favorite, Apple. I don't like Apple. I'm not an Apple guy. I'm an Android guy. Some of the old people are saying, he don't like Apples? Isn't that right? I got a, a something or other this morning. iOS 16, right? Anybody, anybody an Apple guy? I, I, I have Apple. I got an iPad. I got an iPhone. And I got a, an Apple Watch. 
I just don't use it <laughs> in public. <laughs> See, you're the curveball, right, Raj? Uh, got a, I got a text. Anybody get one? Anybody got iOS 16 yet? No. See, you're not even up on Josh, God bless you. But if you're a techie, I mean, you've got to stay with it, man. There's some people here today still got an iPhone. What's the first one that came out? The original? I, I was talking to somebody. One of my staff members has an iPhone 6. A 5. God bless you. Do you know right now they're at iPhone 13? Is that where it's at? 13? Galaxy S21. You know what there was before 21? There was a 19, a 17, a 16, a 12, a 13. I mean... Hello? What am I saying? You've got to stay up with it. That's tough. Changing world. Are you with me? And listen carefully. Uh, listen to this statement. There, God allows, the Bible allows for uniqueness in commonality. I'm going to say that again. Chuck, did you hear that back there? I know you enjoy that statement. God allows for uniqueness in commonality. What's commonality? Mary, we all believe what we ought to believe here at Open Bible. Right? If I were to say to you, hey, hey, look here, the rapture could occur at any moment, everybody would say? Amen. There's a lot of commonality here. Right? But there's also uniqueness. Now pay attention right here. I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but this is part of the message. We must allow for uniqueness in our commonality. You know what that means? Look here. That means this. It's important for us to all believe the right stuff, and we do, but it's also important for us to allow others to have creativity. Go ahead. Do this. It won't hurt. And I know what, hap I know what happens. We're, we're so frightened that if somebody is allowed a little bit of space, because what we allow in moderation, somebody's going to take an excess... And I know we're frightened that if we allow somebody to be a little creative, we might lose the whole thing. But you're just not, you're just not trusting God. You're, trying to, you're, just trying, you're just trying to hold on. It's not about holding on. It's not about holding on. It is not about holding on. It's about advancing. And sometimes some of the most creative minds in the body of Christ are stifled. And guess who, guess who gets hurt, Donald? We do, the church does, because God is gifting these young minds, and they're creative. Oh, it's not like we always done it. We, we, it's new. But you know what? When you examine it, it's still Bible. The end result, still glorifying to God. The end result, still wanting to see people get saved. But because it's not the way we've always done it, it's got to be wrong. It's got to be wrong. Come on, church, I'm trying to help us. It's got to be wrong. Colin, that's not true, right? We've got to have young, creative minds that say, I want to stay true to the stuff, but I want to advance the kingdom of God. Huh? Look here. I'm only 61 in number. I got a 25-year-old head. I really do. I really do. I'm not kidding you. I wish I had a 25-year-old body. Every time I get out of bed, I'm reminded it's 61 because what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> but here's what we've done. Now, don't, don't read into this statement. Don't read into this message. 
Because you're looking at somebody who at the core, I promise you, at the core believes what he's supposed to believe and will not budge, not one ounce. You could not get me to budge on anything this Bible teaches. However, I'm not going to lock myself into a, a box and not allow for creativity in 2022. And this church will never be what God wants it to be if we just want to go backward. There's nothing back there. Yesterday's gone, man. Huh? Yesterday's gone. And so we've got to look at it that way. And here's what we've done. Now pay attention right here. We've taken God and we've put him in a box. And then you know what we've done? We've jumped into that box. But here's what you find out when you really get genuine and serious. You're in there alone. God ain't in there with you. You can't put God in a box. You look at the scriptures and you look at the way, the advancements that went on in the scriptures and you see creativity. Right or wrong? Huh? Our sister's okay. She's going to make it. You going to be okay? God says she's going to make it. Amen. Just go ahead and say it. Cow, you're going to make it. Say it. Amen. Praise the Lord. We got, let's make sure she gets out the door before I, I start. You're good, Carol. All right, she's out the door. Let's talk about her now. <laughs> Look here. And so we put, we put God in this box, and we think that's the only way we can get it done. Can I tell you this? It doesn't really, I don't think it really matters to God how somebody gets saved as long as they genuinely get saved. Now, there's only one way to get saved, and that's the Bible way. But God forbid if we don't use the Romans road. How many know what I'm talking about? Brother Verdell, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I mean you've got to use the Romans road. Isn't that what Jack Heil said? You can't get saved. The Galatians way won't work. <laughs> Philippians highway, uh-uh, it's got to be the Romans road. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Where is he going with this? I'm already, I'm already arrived. I'm just trying to stay, we, say we got to stay fresh and allow for creativity. Why? Because I can only be who God made me to be. I can't be who you want me to be. And you can't be what I want you to be. We just got to be what God wants us to be. And with his help, we can be what he wants us to be. Amen? So how do we live in a lost world? How do we live in a world that's gone mad as a child of God? Here's how you do it. Stay true to what you believe. Stay true to who you are. Can I give you one final thing and I'm finished? Stay true to your mission. Stay true to your mission. Paul said this, Philippians 1.21, For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. To live as Christ. Stay true to your mission. Let me help you with this. Every church, in fact, businesses. Bob, you're a business owner. You have a mission statement at your business, right? I'm, I'm sure you do. You may not call it a mission statement, but, you know, go to McDonald's, go to Burger King. Uh, remember that theme, have it your way? Was that Burger King? Was that Burger King? Have it your way? Did you notice when they were running that, you can have it every, every other way but your way? <laughs> hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. Remember that? Huh? And then try to go in and ask that little girl behind there who can care less about what you want, would you hold the pickles? And she'd look at you like, say what? And they give you extra pickles. <laughs> are, are you with me? Everybody's got a mission statement. Here, here's a mission statement true to all churches, churches like this. Number one, 
our aim is to glorify and worship God. Right? Uh, to edify those who are saved, to edify the body of Christ, to evangelize the lost. Right? That's our mission statement. It's why we exist. It's our purpose for being. So, Pastor, how do I live as a Christian in this lost world? Stay true to your mission. Your mission being your God-given purpose for being. Do you know what that means, Donald? <laughs> He's not going to sit there next week. Here's what that means. If you're going to be true to your mission, right, your purpose for being, you're going to find out what it is and stay true to it. So next Sunday, you're on vacation next week? All right, so I just don't want to mess up because people will be looking for him next Sunday. Oh, man, Pastor picked it out. Be here, Lord. Well, you better be after what I'm about to say. <laughs> next Sunday morning, somebody says, guess what? You can play, you can play, what's, what's a really nice golf course around here? Scotland Run. Hey, I can get you on for nothing next Sunday morning, 9.15. Say you golf. Don't blow the illustration, Donald. <laughs> Scott, come on, or uh, Chuck, come on up here. Now, he's going to be true to his mission. Guess what he's going to tell that person who says, I can get you on for free, Scott LaRun, 9.15 next Sunday morning. No can do. But this guy loves to golf. I should have picked on Bob Smith because he loves to golf. No can do. I'll play Saturday. Huh? I mean, I play midnight on Monday. They got lights over there? I don't think so. But I'm not playing Sunday morning at 9.15. Why? Why? Ah, uh, you don't like it when I go down that road because that's being true to your mission. You know, there's, Cheryl, sister, there's some things I can't say yes or no to. Huh? You remember this old illustration preacher? You may have used this many years ago. Uh, I promise you, before I got saved, I was lost. You didn't get that, did you? And I didn't get saved, Brother Sam, until I was about 20 years old. So prior to that, I grew up in the city of Philadelphia. Mm. Enough said. Look here. These hands remember how to hold a deck of cards. I used to like to play cards, Brother, brother, brother Charles. I did. I just loved to gamble, you know. And so, Raj, it would be nothing for me right now. Pick them up. We won't play. Poker, five-card stud, AC Ducey, well, you name it. Huh? Blackjack, I mean. Huh? So, now, Cheryl, you invite me over. We're sitting around the house. And you say, preacher, man, we're going to play some cards. You want to play? Yeah. Deal me in. Well, she deals me in, but I don't pick up the cards. So, preacher, pick up your cards. I can't. Why not? Ain't my hands. I want to play. And don't you trick yourself. Look here. Don't you trick yourself. You still want to do some of the things you used to do. You just you can't do them. Not glorify God. Boy, there's a lot of truth in what I'm preaching right now. Not if you want to glorify God, Donald. You can't be playing golf next Sunday morning at 9.15. I will hunt you down and skin you alive, man, I'm telling you. Huh? Why? Look here. There's some things I love to do. I can't do it. I love to dance. I wasn't too bad back in the day, Ranji. Yeah. And I would love to, Steve, I would have loved to have danced at your daughter's wedding, but I can't. You know what? These ain't my feet. I'm glad you did. I seen you up there. <laughs> he is getting with it, man. No, I, didn't, I really didn't see him up there. But. 
Huh? Sunday's not my day. Remember, remember, remember when Sunday used to be the Lord's day? But now it's the day for, for baby showers and golf and bar mitzvahs and soccer. Come on, Cheryl. Keep it coming, man. Right? It's for everything but. You're not staying true to your mission. So how do you live in a lost world? You got to stay true to your mission. You got to stay true to your mission. You, look here. We're not here to have a good time. Although I like having a good time. We're here on purpose for a reason. I have a mission. And by the way, there are people all around us who need for you and I to be genuine and real. Let me close with this. Yesterday, my, my wife and I, I said to, I said to Donna, I said, Where, let me take you out for, for late lunch, early whatever. And so I said, where do you want to go? She said, I don't really care. I'm just hungry. And so I, I thought about it, and I said, well, let's go, let's go to, and there's a Mexican place we, 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 we were introduced to up, on, up the road here. And that's where we went. Now, that's usually Donna. That's not my first choice. My first choice would be cheesesteak, ravioli, pizza. I love pizza. I can eat pizza morning, noon, and night every day of my life. But I said, let's go, let's go have Mexican. You know why I said that? I know she really likes that. Come on. I know she really likes that. Every once in a while, I'm not selfish. And I said, she really likes that. So we went to this place. We're sitting there eating. And the waitress we had... I can tell Brother Preacher she was preoccupied. And at first I was getting annoyed because when I sit down to eat, I, I, want, you, I want to order from my car. I want to come in and sit down. I want it to be there. Right? I'm not a very patient guy when it comes to that. So we're sitting there. She brings the beverage and we got some chips, but we ordered something else that didn't come yet. You know, and then, oh, I forgot to take your order. Right? You with me? Come on, don't act spiritual now. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me, this young lady's having a hard day. I promise you, she's having a hard day. And so she brought our food, and we ate. It was absolutely delicious. We had a great time. And, and we're getting ready to leave. We're getting ready. She brought the check. She put the check down. And Mrs. Genizzi took out of her purse one of our, our gospel tracts, or the postcard says, you're invited. And she just laid it. She just put it on the, we didn't even pay the bill yet. We were going to give it to her. And she came back to get the, uh, the bill. And here's what she said, I'm invited? And Donna said, yeah, we like to invite you to Open Bible Baptist Church. She said, but more than that, and Donna began to witness to her. And, and she just started to cry a little bit. And, uh, and she said, would you pray for me? And so Donna said, sure. And so she just sat down with us in the booth. And I'm looking around for the manager figuring we're going to get in trouble here. <laughs> and she just sat down in the booth. And... Uh, and she started talking to Donna. I'm really going through some hard times. Just a young girl, right, Donna? Maybe 25, 30 years old. And, uh, and I said to her, and I won't mention her name, I said, I knew you were having a hard time. I seen you. You're just carrying a heavy load today, aren't you? She said, yeah. And so we got the chance right there in that restaurant to witness to her and then pray with her. And then after she got up, she wouldn't even walk away. 
And I'm talking to her more. And here's what I brought up to her. I said, you know, last week I preached about sometimes when God's doing something, it's not always obvious. Remember that message last week? Not always obvious. You just got to, you got to watch and pray and wait on God, you know? And I thought to myself, boy, did I misread her at first. Here I'm thinking there's a young lady who hates her job, doesn't want to wait on us, can't wait to get out of here, and yet she's walking around with a heavy load on her shoulders. And the first chance, the first chance she had to unload it, here we are. Here's what I said to her. I mentioned her name. I said, you know, this is not coincidental, right? She said, there are no coincidences with God, right? I said, not at all. There's always somebody out in our world who needs what you got. We just have to live in such a way, right, that we're being true to what we believe, who we are, and our mission. Amen? When God says, whoa, that's the state we're in right now. I think God is looking down upon this society and just shaking his head. Just shaking his head. But he's got a group of individuals here called the church. And he's hoping that we're going to do our job in these last days. Amen? Let's do our job. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.